Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Katie McGregor-Bennett, your host of Connecting Tech and Design. Today, I've got Chelsea Butler of KBB Magazine with me. We're going to talk a little bit about the recent KBiz show, which is co-located with IBIS, the International Builder Show, part of Design and Construction Week. I'm sure you've heard a lot about this event already, but I want to call your attention to this conversation, particularly because we're diving into a little bit of the makeup of the show, but really more importantly is the type of programming that took place there and some of the standout exhibits, conversations, um, and really just sort of insights gained there. Chelsea, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've done a couple of these podcasts already, so I'm sure this is kind of becoming one of those conversations that's uh, becoming very routine, but I, I appreciate that. My mind was absolutely blown um, by this event, primarily because of the numbers that were there, but the, the physical size and scale of the show was was just off the charts for considering the, where we are uh, in the world today. But um, thank you so much for joining. If you wouldn't mind, uh, just introduce yourself and catch us up a little bit on what you do for KBB and the world, the world that you live and work in. Okay. Yeah. So I am the executive editor of Kitchen and Bath Business. I've had more than, now I'm going to date myself, but I've had more than 25 years of journalism experience with various publications around Atlanta. And I've been with KBB for nine years, almost to the day. Um, I believe I started nine years ago in April. So that's close. Um, and, and none of my days are the same. It might sound like it's a glamorous job and some parts of it are, um, but you know, it's, it's a mixture. It's writing, editing, attending events, hosting our podcasts, making sure our newsletters go out, uh, writing articles for the website, posting products, like everybody's got some, you know, some kind of not so exciting jobs. And then, you know, always attending trade shows like KBiz and all that kind of stuff is kind of the more exciting part of it. But yeah, I would say none of my days with the magazine are ever the same. And it is quite busy. <laughs> well, there's so much going on. I, mean, I can only imagine, particularly coming off an event like this, you know, working in PR as, as I do, I know we <laughs> we spend weeks and weeks and weeks getting content ready to to share with you know people like you on the editorial side, but then the follow up from the show as well. I, I, I know I I'm one of the people that hounds you guys. <laughs> And, and I'm sure you get you, you get it from every from every angle, but um, it, it, we barely saw each other at the show, um, and and that I think is sort of indicative of, of of the nature of it. So let's let's kind of shift over um, and talk a little bit about about the event. And as we do that, I wanted I wanted to sort of set set up the conversation a little bit. So as we're talking today, um, my world is in technology and residential technology, particularly audiovisual entertainment, ambiance, those types of product categories. Uh, and so when I go to these events, I'm very aware and eager to find certain product categories that are complementary to the, the things that we do. But also, I'm always looking for opportunities for those in, in residential technology to have more of an involvement or be a more active player in, in, in the design build community. I think, as you guys have listened to me over the last few years, uh, my, my passionate plea for the integration community to be more readily accessible and to be more um, actively involved in this community. And I think as as, uh, as you've probably heard me say on this cast and others, now is the time we really have reached the tipping point. And I couldn't, I literally couldn't be more excited coming off of off of this event, having seen the the reaction from the design build community. And by that, I mean, you know, not just the designers in the kitchen bath space, um, but also in the builders, architects, specifiers, they 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 all came in mass numbers and they came interested and eager to to find something new and and to engage and I think for me that's that's a big takeaway is that 
when when we've got an audience that is that is eager to learn and and interested in in identifying new sources and resources, we need to be there. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that from my position. But um, share with me some of the highlights from the show as you saw it from from the KB space specifically, and then we'll we'll kind of shift. I want to talk a little bit where technology intersected with with some of those and others. So like, you know, standout brands, um, you know, it, it, Kohler for sure. Um, I just kick, kick off there and then I'm going to, I'm going to let you run with it. Huge footprint, a lot of product, very, um, technology centric, but not necessarily tech driven as, as, as we would look at it from our world. Um, but what they're doing in the space and they now have, um, an arrangement with CD for the Propel program, which shows there is an integration opportunity and, and more of a connectivity between the integration and design world. So, um, Chelsea, if you would kind of pick pick me up from from there and and share with us some of the highlights as you saw it from the show, um, brands, products, programming, you know, any any of that kind of stuff. Just give me kind of maybe your like your top three or, or uh, whatever okay. whatever you think is good. Yeah. So, I mean, before COVID and everything, hands free and self cleaning technology might not have caught on. Right now, it seems to be all the rage. Um, bidets are everywhere at all price points features, different installations like that. That was a huge standout to me. Everywhere I looked, there was a bidet or a toilet. <laughs> um, I think really they are doing some really innovative and contemporary things with range hoods. Uh, air quality is huge right now. So why not make it really attractive? You know, how, how you're taking care of that in your home. I saw a lot of that. I saw I didn't see as much color as I've seen in years past, um, which is always something I, I want to see. But I did see, you know, some different materials for cabinets using laminates and things like that. Um, just kind of explaining to me why not everybody would want wood, like pure wood. And it has to do with, you know, obviously different applications and looks and how it stands up to certain certain climates and things like that. Um, outdoor obviously is growing in popularity as people are are using their outdoor spaces more and more these days and probably will you know for forever at this point and then for the programming I, I wish I would have gotten to see more I was busy you know visiting with brands most of the time but the Kavis next stage is always awesome they had stellar programming on luxury social media wellness technology and then they had, you know, the awards programs like Design Bites, Best of KBiz. And then I also um, interviewed our, the KBB Person of the Year last year, um, Cheryl Keys Clinton, and got to do that on the KBiz Next Stage. And then I guess my, um, you know, if we're just doing top three, I did a, I led a Discovery District tour with a hand, you know, a couple handfuls of designers visiting um, seven or eight new brands. And it was a great way to meet these new players in the industry. Some of them were international and they all had, you know, a lot of innovation and it was a great way to, you know, to call attention to some, some exhibitors who are kind of in the back of the show may not have known they were back there, but they had a lot to offer. And I really enjoyed being able to do that. Yeah. That's one of the things that I noticed. And even again, this I've, I've been to the show, well, obviously with pandemic with it not happening, but I think I've been three times prior to this year um, when it was taking place. And one of the things that I noticed was the, the distinct change in, in color, um, you know, in Vegas three years ago, I, I remember the, the Smeg um, exhibit and all, you know, all of their social media with the gorgeous Dolce, you know, and, but just, we didn't see as much of that this year. I did see a lot of black. I saw a lot of gold. 
um, I saw a lot of use of like mixed mixed metals um, and maybe some muted tones. And I'm not sure if that maybe pick pick me up on that. And I'm not sure if that was a, a broad trend per se, or maybe just something that I happened to notice. Black is one of my favorite colors, so maybe that's why. But <laughs> even if it's not color, but um, yeah, pick, pick up on on that and talk a little bit about sort of just where where you see that change. I know you touched on a little bit in your last in your last answer there, but. Yeah, well, we're hearing from designers that while homeowners are still, you know, kind of going with the safer, neutral overall colors and things like that, that they are, you know, trying to do splashes of color with certain things. Um, Obviously, we've seen it in the past with appliances and things like that. Um, So, uh, you know, there, there were, you know, Spag was still there with all of its color options. There are a lot of those kinds of companies. There were different colors and things like sinks and stuff like that. Um, Some cabinets, but I didn't see anything that was totally out of the box this year. I did hear a lot about people really liking black finishes, golden bronze finishes, things like that. And that's kind of maybe where they're using pops of color and things like that. Um, So, I mean, I saw some trends and where people are kind of going with with their finishes and things like that just didn't see a ton of color but you know it it uh, on the other end it wasn't all just about white kitchens which was yeah. nice to see <laughs> yeah i think it was uh who was it uh kelly 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 i'm going to kelly finley um and w- during one of the talks that she did on the dmm talks lounge stage she was saying you know we even have a hashtag of no no white kitchen <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that that was really, it, it was clever, but it also, you know, obviously memorable. I took me a minute right. to remember her name, but I, you know, I just, that, that point of no, no more white kitchen. She talked a lot about color and the use of color and, um, and sort of some of those, those trends there. So quick little sidebar for anybody listening. And if you didn't catch the DMM talk lounge conversations, you can pick those up. Um, you can just search them online. You'll find them. I know you, I know you can find them on design on cut and they were on, uh, on the KBiz and NKBA sites for some time, but um, and that's also where you can find the KBiz next um, conversations. Also, that Chelsea was talking about the really, really good conversations, really broad based. And I, you know, I think that that was one of the quick, you know, kind of a little quick, <laughs> quick sidebars. One of the things that I noticed was that there was there were a lot of stages or lounges, you know, places where conversations are taking place between designers or those sort of following um, trends, micro, macro, whatever. Um, and there was a fair amount of technology being talked about on all of those, um, but sort of, you know, different di- different angles and aspects being being covered, which, of course, pleased me to no, to no end um, coming coming from the from the tech side of the world. But um, programming, I think, this year was, was really off the charts in years past when I wasn't actively involved in in the event. Um, this was the first year that we've had an exhibitor on the show floor, um, which was Smart over on the IBS side. Um, Typically, I just go attend and, and absorb and cover and extract insights. That's the thing that I missed this year is I didn't get to sit and it sort of just absorb these conversations quite as, as much as I have in, in the past. And so, you know, I think as I, one of my things as I'm looking at these events going forward is I really need to block, I need, I need to block my time better to make sure that I'm, I'm making time for these stage conversations or these, you know, the, the, the programming that takes place. It, 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 to equally balance out the time that you spend looking and looking at new products and, and going through booths, you know, it's really just sitting and, and gaining those insights. Um, that's a little bit of a call to arms for anybody listening in. If, you know, if you haven't been attending these shows or shows in general, or when you do, if you're just, you know, pounding the pavement and looking at booths, do take time to, to check out what's happening on the stage. There's so much information being shared and a lot of really great takeaways. 
Um, so with that in mind, one of one of the conversations that was obviously heavily covered uh, everywhere on the show floor, um, you know, sort of additional additional trends. Um, and for, for me is where technology came in. Um, so but I don't necessarily I don't want to dive into the residential tech, but you have mentioned on other conversations, range hoods. Um, and that was something that I noticed. It seemed like everywhere I turned, there was a, a, a beautiful range hood, either, you know, it being independently shown or as part, part of kitchen suites or whatever else. Um, and to me, that seemed like a, a bit of a shift that there's more, um, maybe a little bit more of a, a visual focus or making the range hood be more of a, more of a standout function of the kitchen. Um, maybe talk pick up on that a little bit and, and share with me what, what you saw and sort of where you think you know, that category is going. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if something can be automated and, and used in a smart capacity, um, you're going to do that. You know, the industry is shifting in that way, as you mentioned before. So uh, it makes perfect sense to me that that you would be able to do that with a range hood. And then in the same vein, also have all different styles out there for what you're looking for. You know, do you kind of want it to disappear? Um, do you want it to be a big traditional customized piece in your kitchen? Um, but yeah, a lot of the things I saw were a lot more kind of sci-fi contemporary looking for that kind of aesthetic and coming with, you know, all sorts of bells and whistles, you know, to be able to turn on, turn off, you know, just kind of be controlled in your environment. Because like I mentioned before, air quality you know, whether people probably didn't think too much about it before, they're definitely thinking about it now. Um, some of these different things are being brought to light. And so I say this every once in a while, COVID's brought maybe a, a couple of good things in its path, you know, and that's maybe just people being more aware of having healthier homes and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously touchless or, or uh, touchless technology that bring that to the surface because I think that really it, it's funny I, I didn't really bring that up to begin with because now I, I almost feel like we've talked about it so much, so much. Right. but it, you know it, it uh, there's a lot more on the market that that includes touchless technology um, just for control those types of things and again in the kitchen and bath uh, space specifically in the residential tech we're um, we've kind of shifted to, to voice but I'm now I'm realizing and, I'm, and this is something I want to take back to my camp is where are we on on gesture? And if there is something that we that we maybe have overlooked, or maybe we've moved past it's gone to voice, and maybe voice isn't necessarily the only way uh, that typical consumers want want to interact with their stuff. So Chelsea, I'm realizing that as we're talking, it, one of the things that we haven't talked about is probably one of the larger trends, at least that came into view um, prior to the show and during the show. Personally, I uh, led a brand talk with Mo and about their smart water network. And a big component of that was their uh, gesture controlled or their motion and uh, touchless controlled process. That's a lot of brands are doing that now. Um, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. As far as you know, is that do you think that's a trend that's going to stick? Is that something that designers and consumers are embracing? Um, what What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they're always innovating, right? They have to keep doing that kind of thing. So it doesn't surprise me that this is is something that they're working on. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, 100% if it's something that they are having to tweak here for a little bit, because not all gestures are are read the same. So I guess I would be curious to know how, how well that's all working out and, you know, how many, if they'll have to make changes and stuff to that. But I, I mean, yeah, I definitely think that brands have to keep innovating, whether on the tech side or, or not, you know, they have to keep coming up with things that 
make it easier to use and easier to understand and all that good stuff. And there are people out there who, who always want that, you know, they want the newest, the, you know, the easiest, the most different thing, like the cool thing that's going on. So yeah, it sounds like Moen is following suit with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then the brands is, as well. One of the other things that I saw quite a bit of is obviously the voice, voice control and that, uh, that makes me very happy because that's a big, a big trend. And um, in our world of residential technology, um, but it also, you know, just from a from a technology adoption standpoint, more and more people are using voice to control um, devices, make things happen in their in their daily routine. Um, you know, tell me about the news, tell me about the weather, that sort of thing. That's right. easy. But, you know, you can also voice control um, elements of your home or your whole home as as well. And, you know, for me, that that space I'm very I'm very comfortable in. Um, honestly, the 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 gesture control, that's going to take me a little while. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I kind of, I'm curious too about, you know, when, when I have guests over in my home who aren't familiar with that technology and I, you know, when they go to the sink, what are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, so I, it's, it's curious to me how, um, sort of how adoption will happen. And, and to your point, you know, not all gestures are the same. And so, you know, will there be ultimately, will there be a universal, um, gesture pattern that all products have to abide by? You know, I don't know, to me, that sort of makes sense coming from voice, you know, you have specific commands that when verbalized will achieve a, a, a specific result. So, um, so I'm just kind of, you know, kind of on the sidelines watching how, how those, how those develop. But, um, but I do think, you know, coming out from, from through the pandemic and on the other side, very much the, the touchless, the, um, the hands-free, the voice, um, that was absolutely a, a trend that I saw universally across the show floor, whether it was cables or over on the IBS side as, as well. Um, is there anything else kind of an, yeah, yeah, sorry. I saw it coming out in, um, or, you know, people have been asking about hands-free in the bathroom because I guess it wasn't as um, Im- important to have it there. Cause I guess you think about hands-free in the kitchen when you've got like chicken guts on your hands or something like that, <laughs> and you don't want to touch it, but the same thing in the bathroom. I mean, you could be going in there and just, you know, when you wash your hands, you assume your hands are dirty. And then you're going to go turn on the faucet with your dirty hands, whether you're in the bathroom or the kitchen. So, yeah, I'm seeing it coming out in the bathroom, too, which I think, you know, was only maybe a commercial thing before. So um, I think people were asking for that. And that's definitely taking hold in the industry as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you make a really good point about that previously being very much a commercial offering. One of the things that I always think about and experience when you travel go to an airport and wash your hands i tell you the sensors on those things are the worst how many times you you know it's like you're trying to find where that magic spot is where you put your hands and you got the soap and you got the goo and you're like ah this won't turn on and i and i kind of i wonder if we won't be able to see an improvement on the commercial offering so that the consumer experience in a commercial space but then they take that experience home um it might not might not speed up the the adoption the usage rate of <laughs> of things like that. You know, for me, I always I think about it for the kitchen, just just like you said, for exactly that reason. You know, the, the goopy hands with you know the chicken or the dough or the whatever. You know, but the bathroom for me is that's that's a that's a much more realistic application. Um, but you know, I do have this sort of a little bit of PTSD from <laughs> from you know airports and commercial and just not being able to get to get the thing to do what you want it to do simply by right. putting your hands in a place where you think they should be. You know. Um, so I think, you know, that, that to me, I think will be, um, it, it'll be neat to see how that evolves and how ultimately the, the user experience, um, improves in the, in the residential environment for sure. So, 
Um, like uh, you mentioned, air quality. So, uh, anything new on the kind of that popped out there as far as new technology or new ways of of delivering that technology, or was it just an expansion on kind of the current offering? Yeah, I, I I think current designs there there's an expansion there. Um, I know that you know they're they're tweaking them to have you know be more controllable and you know just thinking about what other things they can do like you know, lights that are involved and, you know, noticing a certain temperature, being able to clear out a certain amount of, you know, air pollution, that kind of thing. Um, I think that all kind of touches into how wellness is taking um, hold in the industry as well. Again, I, I talked to various designers who say their clients aren't, not a lot of them are thinking about wellness as a whole. Um, they're just like thinking about little pieces and parts of it. And it's absolutely becoming a bigger deal to, you know, have your house be healthier. And that fits into, you know, technology, smart applications help with that for people who need, you know, more ease of use or accessibility, or just like the whole safety um, aspect of it. Again, with the air quality and hygienic options, low maintenance options, pay, you know, play into the whole wellness aspect of things. But I don't think people ever thought like, wow, I can really design my house to, to make me feel better and to make me happy to be here, easier to use, you know, just a, a better place to be. So I, I did notice that just kind of the whole overarching wellness um, was, was, definitely all over cabas. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And what I, what I saw and what I've seen, um, you know, published after or, or posted on social media after too, is that it, it sort of wellness applied, um, mm-hmm. was came into view a little bit more this year. And we've been talking about wellness as a, as a topic, you know, for quite some time now, but I think, you know, how, how does, how does one apply that in their design? Um, and, and what does that, what's the end result really look like and feel like? How does, what's the user experience on the other side? It's a little bit of a dry term, but, um, you know, and I think that I definitely noticed that this year it it was playing out um, in, in many more ways and much more visible ways that the designers were also talking about it. I know there was a conversation over again on the DMM talks lounge about, you know, not, not making it necessarily a question with your clientele, but just, you know, making a part of your specification, you know, and, and, from uh, as a designer sort of leading with, with a wellness inspired um, design. Um, and I think that that's, that that's where things start to shift. And we definitely see that with, with technology as well. And when it's, when we, when we pursue it from the specification side or from the design side, um, it, it becomes less of a question with, with the homeowner or the consumer on the other side. So um, I, you know, I, I, I like where, specifically where this where this trend is going because I think you know as I said it's it's becoming applicable now so you know it's more than just a catchphrase it's really you know what does that what does that look like in a design and how do we deliver a, a healthier home and one of the things I think and you know from from publishing tell me if you, if you think I'm right is I, I kind of feel almost as this wellness as a term um, might might be falling a little flat on on the ears of the audience whether it's the design community or in inspiration or even the consumer side of things you know and I think you know, a healthy home for me tends you know, just as a, just as a phrase. I think that that seems to be a little bit more um, approachable, and um, you know, I don't know, and maybe a little less woo woo. <laughs> Very technical term there, but you know, I I think that sometimes we get sort of hung up in terminology, and that when terminology isn't commonly utilized or or accepted, um, you know, wellness 
you know, somebody may say, well, that's, I, you know, that's not something I'm interested in, but I do want to make sure that my home is healthy and that, you know, the air quality is good. Right. You know, it's sort of like, well, you're, you are then. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I guess it's all in the terminology you use with your clients, um, you know, to get them interested into really just even understanding what that means. Because yeah, I suppose if you say wellness or like, but healthy home and being healthier and incorporating all those different things into it, like having a refrigerator um, that helps you keep food longer, you know, things like that. They're not thinking about that necessarily with that until a designer kind of educates them about that, you know, like this is all part of it, you know, Um, more organization, less clutter that stresses people out, you know, even the whole color aspect can come into a healthy home and changing moods and, you know, you know, lowering blood pressure and, you know, all the, all the spa therapies in the shower and just all that good stuff is all part of it. It's not all just boring, you know, just, I don't want to have to think about that. It's, it's, I think it, yeah, the healthy home, I think it's, it's fun to talk about it. It's fun to learn, keep learning, like what else fits into that trend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, I want to, I want to shift a little bit now. Um, let's looking forward. So lots of events on the horizon this year. Um, the one that the, the next big one for me in the residential technology space is going to be CDA Expo. And it's, it's funny to say that the next big one for me, that happens to take place at the end of September. Um, we've got a lot of events in between, but from a, from a uh, B2B trade show environment for us, that's, that's the next one. Um, you, you have attended in the past and uh, I'm, I'm curious and sort of what, what your thoughts are on um, how design community might be uh, encouraged to consider an event like CD Expo, which, you know, is, is the showcase for all of residential technology and, and all of the, the really neat custom customization and personalization elements that, that our community can bring into a, a residential application. Um, curious what your, what your thoughts are on designers um, at this event and for this, for this event specifically. Um, is it something that should be on the minds and, you know, any kind of particular thoughts there? Definitely. I think that while technology is is catching hold with consumers, homeowners, things like that, um, you know, younger generations, all that good stuff, that there are some designers out there who are still using their own point of view, I feel, when it comes to technology, when they should really be asking their clients what they want and learning about whether this is, is something that would make sense for them. Um just because they may not understand what's going on or they don't want to use it for themselves doesn't doesn't mean that their clients aren't. And I think that they really need to learn more about this aspect of, of you know, what they can incorporate into their projects. You know, it doesn't have to be hard to include and a lot of people are asking for it. Um, I still think that there are design professionals out there who do, they don't know how to involve an integrator. I think there's another term for it these days. They don't know how to, how to even do that, even though that's a message that we've been sending out for so long. They don't know what the term means. Um, I think that attending this show, I think it would be beneficial for, for you know, show programming and things like that to really be directed to design professionals and make it super obvious for them to figure out how to work with the integrators. Because I think when we were starting to send this message out several years ago, both the integrator and the designer were both kind of like, I don't know how we work together. You know, what, what kind of 
um, relationship is this going to look like? And obviously things are a little more stressful these days than they usually are with, you know, new builds, renovations, all these projects. So sending the message that adding, you know, smart technology to to projects, it doesn't have to be hard and involved. And there are actually true professionals out there who can help take on that. Because I think if you are a designer who's just not paying attention to that, you're, you're definitely missing out. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to move into the realm of whole home projects and things like that, but you still have to know about connected appliances and you still probably are going to have to have a tech expert come in and help that. I do think that, um, you know, people are, they want technology for the function and not just for the sake of technology. I think it's a little less about, oh, what kind of bells and whistles can I have? You know, I think some of that's fun for one-off products and things like that. But overall, you know, consumers don't want something to become obsolete. They want it to be easy to use. They want it to be hidden. They don't want like technology all over the place. Um, And I think there are lots of brands that are coming out with solutions to address all of these concerns you know, making things easier to use, you know, providing quick updates and the whole out of sight, out of mind. Um, but I think designers still have a lot to learn. So, you know, if there's programming, which there usually is at, at CD Expo, um, you know, on educating them about this, um, they, if they don't know it, they can't pass on the information to their clients. And if the clients already want it and that particular designer they want to work with doesn't know what they're doing, then they're going to be left behind. Yeah. Yeah. And I clearly the trends are showing, showing that as well. Um, and I think Pam McNally of NKBA has said, you know, in the next five years, if designers aren't comfortable incorporating tech into their designs, they're going to have a hard time really being successful in, in their work in, in a more general aspect. And so, and, and I agree, I agree with that, you know, just the way that the world is, is going and the reliance on technology, but as the next generation and the generation that follows it really start to come into uh, residential in home ownership or having having more of a uh, responsibility for a, a residence of their own, um, you know, I think that technology you know is, is really going to be leading a lot of a lot of that conversation. So it's it it is it, now now is a good time for designers to um, to warm up to technology and to start um, utilizing the resources that are out there. With so sidebar here. Pen and paper out. Here we go. A couple of resources for you on the design side for integrators. Um, and that really is the the, the current term, um, technology integrator, um, or a variation thereof. It, we have had a had a bit of a problem um, identifying a, a term that sticks, but this one um, has seems to be sticking across all trades. So integrator is good. Um, and so here's where you can go to find them. Uh, two organizations exist. One is HTA, which is the Home Technology Association. You can find them at hdacertified.org. Right there on the homepage, you'll find two options which are really useful to the design community. One is Find a Dealer, and the other is the Technology Budget Calculator. Um, the Find a Dealer is, is pretty pretty easy. If you enter your geography um, and some other criteria to, to refine the results, you can find qualified professional technology installation firms in your area or wherever you need in your chosen geography. Um, and the other one would be CEDIA, which is, it is we love acronyms. Um, CEDIA is C-E-D-I-A, which is the Custom Electronic Design and Installation Association. CEDIA.org is where you want to go for that. I'm sorry, .net for that, CEDIA.net. And again, on their homepage, you'll find a dealer locator as well. The On the HTA side, that technology budget calculator, I want to have you guys go take a look at that and, and play with it a little bit. What that essentially is, is the wizard that allows you to refine 
what things could cost. Um, and it's something that you can put together for your client or that you can ask your client to put together. It just it creates a baseline for what the technology that the homeowner is considering could cost. It's it's a good place to start the conversation. It's also a good way to to, to flesh out any variances in what the, the homeowner or the client might be interested in and what the potential cost for that might be. Um, so it's really, really good tool. It's free to use and it's right there on the homepage. So definitely check out both of those. The event that Chelsea and I were just talking about is CEDIA Expo. So again, that's C-E-D-I-A Expo. It does take place at the end of September. It's September 29th through October 2nd, I believe. It's going to be in Dallas this year. This is important to note because the, the market is there as well. There's a lot of other resources for the design community in that Dallas area. So if, if you are looking at your travel schedule, definitely put this one on the list and then take a look at other resources that you can participate in um, around that same time. Just maximize your, your time in the area. Um, the show runs three days. Day one is always going to be the busiest day as it is at every event. But two and three, um, a little bit quieter and a little bit more time to spend with with the exhibitors. So We'll talk a little bit more about that event as it comes comes into view, but it is it is the the, show, the showcase for the residential technology, and there is a big push to connect with the design community on that. So we will see programming about that way too early now to get into those weeds, but um, check back in on the show, and we'll talk a little, a little bit more about that later. Chelsea, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to to talk with us about the show and, and rehash it one more time, but. I always appreciate getting getting input from from you and your your insights about sort of where technology is now and where it's going. Incredibly valuable, and I really thank you for sharing that. If you would uh, help us uh, help us find KBB, uh, find, follow, um, subscribe specifically, um, run us run us through all those if you would. Sure. So you can find us online at kbbonline.com. At Facebook, it's at Kitchen and Bath Business. Twitter, KBB Connect. KBB underscore magazine for Instagram. And then we also have the KBB Design Network on LinkedIn if you'd like to join that. Our podcast is called From the Tap. And so you can find that on all the major podcast channels as well as the minor ones as well. And then we also have um, our KBB Magazine YouTube channel. Excellent. Excellent. All full of really great information and, and a fantastic resource uh, for designers as well as integrators. I do encourage any, any of any of you in the residential technology space, subscribe, follow, get get to know this community and get to know the, the needs and the wants and the desires so that you can be a better partner to them in the future. Uh, the big, big, big move for me is, is making sure that we're connecting these two worlds so that all can do better business together. Um, so, you know, there's always, there's always that vein in these conversations. And, um, so I just wanted to kind of plug that just a little bit, but once again, Chelsea, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it immensely. I know you've got another one coming up right after this. So I'm going to let you go. Um, but for, if you'd like to have a conversation about technology and design or the intersection, I would definitely love to have that conversation with you. Reach out, shout out, you know how to find us on the web. You know how to find us on social. Our, our show is your show. Again, I'm Katie McGregor Bennett, your host of Connecting Tech and Design. Thanks for catching us up today. We'll catch on another episode of Connecting Tech.